Hi, I'm Jay Douglas, and it's my pleasure to be in Talking Blues in this beautiful Saturday morning here in Toronto. from Montego Bay, Jamaica. Tell me about growing up in Montego Bay. Well, as you know, uh, as a young man growing up in Montego Bay, Jamaica, of course, that was part of the British Commonwealth. Right. And uh, on a daily basis, music was a part of our curricula. We would go for lunch, and in the afternoon, the teacher would take the class outside under the mango trees, and we would just sing, sing. And the teacher was very, very, very focused in our, our voice. She wanted to make sure that we were singing in the right key. So she would come, when we were singing, she would come over and put her ear out her mouth. And she could tell if we were in the right key. If you weren't able to sing the right keys several times, then she would take us out of that class and put us on the other side of the room because they were looking for uh, young, gifted, and talented artists. What, what kind of songs were you singing? Do you remember? Mm-hmm, like... This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. You know, yeah, sounds yeah, like yeah. that. And also British folk songs. Yeah. When did you know you had a great voice? Because you have a beautiful voice. Thank you. Uh, I didn't think of myself as having a great voice at that age, but there was a vibe, vibration in me just giving me that push, that drive to sing. And of course, in church, Sunday schools. Right. Did you love singing? I loved it. Loved it. As a matter of fact, I tell you a story. When I was a little baby, my grandma, Louise, bless her heart, would babysit me while my mom would go out and do an assignment or something. Right. And... When my mom would return home, as soon as I see my mom, I started to cry a lot because I wanted to go to... And my mom would move to lift me up or take me while I'm crying. And my grandma, Louise, would say, leave him. Let him cry. Leave him. Let him cry. It's good for his lungs. (laughs) He'll be a good singer one day. Wow. And that was it. It's, it's amazing how words are very powerful. Uh-huh. Yeah. And built up your lungs. Yeah. Um, you started singing in talent shows very early in your life. Yes. Can you describe what that was like? Um, tell me about the talent shows. Talent shows, uh, we, we would go to school in the morning, and as soon as, well, school would let out at 3 three in the afternoon right and we would head straight to the theater palladium theater in montego bay because we got the news that there's a talent show tonight and the promoter mr virjans wants us to come for audition so we would go there audition with the piano player 
of the band who's going to play. Right. And so they would go th through each of us as young talent. And um, yes, I auditioned and I would, I remember I sang. You're my love, you're my angel, you're the girl of my dream. But I like to thank you for waiting patiently. Dum dum dum. Dad is home. Dad is home to stay. So I would sing that song at audition. This is okay. You're selected. Come back tonight at eight for show. Eight p.m. How how old were you? Seven, eight? Is that when you yeah, started? Yeah, eight or nine. And so I, what they call American Idol here, right? That was our American Idol. Did you feel pressure? No, we loved it, and now I think back, I'm grateful. That was a good foundation. Mm -hmm. And they were very during the the night the, for the show, which was called Pick a Star. The older people, they were hard on us, but that's how they that's how they knew how to get us ready for the world. Right. If you weren't doing well and being smart up there, they're gonna let you know. And was there a prize at the end? Uh huh. Oh yeah. Did you often win? Yeah, I've won a few times, and I've had my friends, uh, Bob and Wisdom. They taught 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 us a song my I was a duo at the time right um, my friend uh, Buddhas known as Errol and myself we had we were a duo and it was called The Wanderers so Bob and Wisdom taught us a song an American song and they were into the con they were in the contest with us and we ended up getting the first prize wow and they have they still never let go of that till this day <laughs> Tell me what that experience as a young kid singing in a competition has taught you. Discipline. First thing I learned, but now I can look back and realize it was discipline. How did I know that? When I went to Asia, Hong Kong, mm -hmm. Beijing. First thing I learned over there is that discipline. Discipline means a lot. Can you give me an example? Of discipline, yeah. How to be punctual, respect time, respect space. I used to get my suits built there, mm -hmm. and the tailor won't have it no other way unless you come for fittings three times. He'll take your weight, and he, and he, after he got all those things that he asked for. He'll tell you, uh, the tailor would say, well, you can come tomorrow morning at 10 or 11 for your suit. It will be ready. And it, lo and behold, it's ready. No excuse. <laughs> right. Yeah. Discipline. Learning how to sing. I mean, obviously, you, you had your training from crying in, in the, when you were very young uh, from your teacher at school. How else did you learn to become a better singer? By... Uh, these talent shows that we did, mm -hmm. at the end of the the competition, they always 
close the evening with a professional art singer, either from Kingston or from the United States. Artists, local Jamaican artists who were stars, the Blues Busters, Jimmy James, Iggs and Wilson, the Jiving Juniors, we can go on and on. From the United States, Jackie Wilson, Chuck Jackson, Aretha Franklin, wow. Fats Domino, Brooke Benton, we could go on and on. And all those artists, they were very, very sharp, very charismatic, dressed, they were very accountable to the audience to their audience. We learned so much, so much from these artists. Other than that, how did you get music? How, was it radio? Is that how you learned most of the We, songs? in Jamaica, we only had one radio station, RJR, Radio Jamaica and Radio Fusion. And it served the whole nation. Mm -hmm. So at nights, we would get an American station from Miami W-I-N-Z, right. and we would get the Cuban station from Havana, only in the nighttime, and we hope for a good reception. <laughs> so we got all that influence from the United States mm -hmm. with their music. Wow. At what point in your life did you think, I would like to become a singer? I was a singer. I was a singer from... from... I was conceived. <laughs> I was conceived in music and love. It was there. I've always wanted to sing. I love music. I've sacrificed. And I'm still happy to be doing it. I am always singing in, in school, singing with the radio, singing mm -hmm. in church. I think I was singing when I was born. <laughs> so there was never a doubt that this is the path that you would take. Yeah. The creator wanted that. Right. That was not my decision. I'm a channel for peace and love. My message is peace and love. Right. I'm a messenger. When you came to Canada, tell me about that. Tell me about coming to Canada. My mom came here in 1954 as a domestic worker. Mm -hmm. Work in the homes, the rich homes, domestic work. And I came in the 60s. And as soon as I came through immigration, by the questions that the immigration officer asked, I know I was in a different land. Right. And it was Thanksgiving time. So it was getting Very cold. <laughs> so I asked my mom, where are the trees? Why so many of them dying? Because there were no leaves on the trees. Right. So right there and then she explained, this is fall. And because I don't see that in Jamaica. Yeah. It's a tropical. So right there and then, as I go along, I learned to appreciate the different seasons. Even though it's cold, there's something to be said about seasons. Was it an easy adjustment for you to live in Canada? At the beginning, it was a challenge, but because I 
registered Central Technical School, right. Bathurst and Harvard. At that time, they had f- like 4,000 students. Wow. Day students. So I had a challenge going from one class to the other, classroom to the other. Right. So they had to assign another student with me to make sure I would find my way, you know, to the cafeteria at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. And as soon as, so that helped me to adjust. And then I started to sing with local bands from the school. So immediately you, you sought out singing? Yeah, at the school, okay. at the school's anniversary. Right. Open house. So I sang with a couple of musicians and a lot of guys heard me and then they asked me to join their band. So I would join a band and in the Sunday afternoons I'd be singing in Catholic church halls. So that helped, helped me to get adjusted. Right. And it, it really worked. Especially when you have a voice like yours. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, sometime after you joined the Cougars. Yes. Tell me about that circumstance. How did that happen? The Cougars, very interesting. While I was a student at Central Tech, playing in the play, outside, playing soccer one day, of course it was warm, right. spring. A car drove by and I heard the voices, Hey, we want you to, while they're driving, we want you to report to the WIF Club. WIF means West Indian Federation Club. Right. That's where the black, the, 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 the black community... The people who would go for socializing and right. dancing on the weekend and get the meal that they like from back home. So they shout out that I should be there by 12 noon. One of those guys were Everton Pablo Paul, the drummer of the Cougars. So I reported there, 12 noon, only to find out they wanted to audition me. So they knew you because of your singing at school? Yeah, and the leader of the band at the time, he was from Montego Bay. Oh. And he was the one who used to give us an audition for the talent show. So he came here, and um, they formed a band called the Cougars. So he knew about me. Wow. And that's how I became a lead singer. Was the audition easy? Yeah, it was good, because it was songs that I knew already. Right. A James Brown song. You know, and other Jamaican songs. So, okay. So at around this time, this is before reggae, correct? Yeah, a little before. Yeah, a little before reggae. Okay. Yeah. So I want to ask you. About it was what? ska. Okay. Because you have to know the ska came from the blues, right? From the United States. Okay. So explain that. Yeah. Tell me. Ska. Like ska is. Um, uh, Easy snapping, uh, 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 easy snapping. That was one of the first ska hit right. in Jamaica by Theophilus Beckford. Then, because the ska came from the blues. Right. First, from like New Orleans. Yeah. Right. So then they slowed the ska down to rock steady. Take it easy. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Take it easy. Take it easy. No need to hurry. Hopeton Lewis. That's rock steady. Then they slow the rock steady down to one love, one heart. Let's get 
together and feel Bob Marley and the Whalers. Right. But the difference is reggae, and each one of them have a, had a dance to it. Mm-hmm. But reggae is an awakening. The experience of living in Trenchtown, Kingston. Reality. So when you were growing up, was there a lot of Jamaican folk music? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you had talked about singing English folk music yeah. and American yeah. songs. Yeah. Did, did that have a major influence on, you, your, on your singing? A, a little. Yeah, it had some. Because they're all connected. Okay. Yeah. So, Ska, when would that have been around? Ska would be like 61, 62. Okay. Jamaica, Jamaica got independence from the British, 62, 1962. So, 62, 63, 64. Did that have a major influence on you? That well, musical form? Sure. Sure, because it came from the blues. Right. You know, Rasco Gordon, Fats Domino, all those blues guys, you know. You know, surely, surely, I'm in love, I'm in love. That's Rasco Gordon who was at Sun Studio, Sun right. Labor with Elvis. Mm-hmm. But he played piano, and the way he played the piano, that's where the influence came into Jamaica because we were getting music from New Orleans. Right. On the, those ships that came into the Kingston Harbor. So when you start the, when you join the Cougars, because mm-hmm. when I hear, I don't know a lot about the Cougars, but the couple songs that I've heard, mm-hmm. one is very R&B, soul, yeah. um, and then the other one I heard was really funky. Right. So tell me about when you joined the band, like what was, is it just, was it an R&B funk band? No, no, it's, uh, it wasn't just an R. It, when you were living in an environment like Toronto those days, you right. had to be versatile to survive. Because we came here and saw some very good acts. Mm-hmm. John and Lee and the Checkmate, the Mandelas with George Oliver, Sean and Jay Jackson, Eric Mercury, Jackie Shane. Very good acts. So mm-hmm. when we would see them, we saw the, the bars. The bars were set. Even though we came here, we can play rock, steady, reggae, ska. For you're in a new territory now, right? So versatility, and we, so that made us one of the most versatile band ever in this land, the Cougars, because we end up being the, a backup band for some of the biggest stars from the United States: Arthur Conley, Percy Sledge, Joe Tex, opening up for them, the, the Sweet Inspiration. Lead singer of that group, Whitney Houston's mom, Sissy Houston, right. in Montreal. We were versatile. That allows us to get more gigs. And at this point, you're thinking, this is your career, you're going to be a singer, you're not doing anything else. As I, yeah, as I go along, start hitting the road. Did you like the road? Some, but mo- most of it. I enjoyed. And now I'm older. Boy, I love it. <laughs> love it. Why? Why? It was exposure. Right. Allowed me to know this beautiful country inside out. For example, when we were in Toronto with the Cougars, we did so well, but there was no more challenges here for us. So mm. we would, you know, a gentleman with his Pontiac car, Mr. Guthrie, took us to the... 
North, Northern Ontario, Barry, Grievenurse, Sudbury, North Bay, Lake uh, New Liskard, all those places. Then we cross over into Quebec, to Miskaman, Ville Marie, into Abitibi, Rouen Noranda. When I got there, we were stars when we got there. This is Quebec, Rouen Noranda, mm -hmm. one side French, one side English. English side, only to find out that the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs is from this little town. His name was David Keon. Mm -hmm. You know? All kinds of hockey stars in those North Country, the Plague of Brothers. Yeah. From Kirkland Lakes. Then we were playing in Val d'Or, Quebec. We got a call from Montreal from one of the biggest nightclubs in Canada, Esquire Show Bar. That's where all the top American artists would go. And they call us. So we, we heard about you guys doing well. We want you to come to Montreal right away so we can have you open for Fats Domino. Wow. That's a great American artist, mm -hmm. Fats Domino. What was the impressions of Canada, touring through Canada? Beautiful. Oh, Beautiful. Natural resources on top. Great country. Beautiful. Can I ask? I hope you don't mind me asking, but was racism ever an issue? Not for me, because I came from a home. Thank God for that foundation. We came from a home. God bless Louise and Linford, my grandparents. They taught us well. It starts in the home. Starts in the home. Love and respect. That's what we owe each other. Right. No matter what color. Love and respect. But were you ever, not mistreated, but was there any racism against you? Were, were there any times when somebody might have said something? Yeah, I saw her, but I, I was, I'm equipped. Because of your upbringing? Yes. And you just yeah. ignore it. And where there's no vision, the people will perish. You know, it's... I, I, the way I think of racism is a state of ignorance. Mm -hmm. It's sad for those, you know, because... I say this over and over. The ego seeks to get. The soul seeks to give. Giving is receiving. I'm not here to condemn. The most I can do is stay connected to the spirit of the universe because we're spiritual beings living in a spiritual universe governed by spiritual laws. Mm -hmm. And we have to be careful what we say. Words are powerful. What we think, what we do. Yeah, it's not about some God we create to please or desire. That too is an illusion. That's not real. So it never personally affected you? No, because I was raised. And if it started to, I could snap out of it because of the teaching we got at home. In Jamaica, if you listen to Bob Marley, mm -hmm. it's a lot of stuff there. He used the whole Jamaican proverbs very well. For example... Man to man is so unjust, you don't know who to trust. A lot of it are in his song. 
Get up, stand up, stand up for your right. Oh, lot of proverbs. And believe me, like for example, in one of his songs, he said, Only a foolish dog bark after a flying bird. There's another one of his songs, he says, In the abundance of water, the fool dieth of thirst. Emancipate yourself from mental slavery. None but yourself can free your mind. Tell me, um, just this week was Bob Marley's yes. birthday. And it was Bob Marley Day in Toronto. And we celebrated at, at Root's store at the Eating oh, Centre. So you were here by the time Bob Marley started, but I think you met Bob Marley, did you not? Yeah. Tell me about that. Mm. How did you know that? <laughs> Research. <laughs> yeah, we met... This young man, the studio at the time was Studio One. Was he a name already, or was he starting out? He was. They were just starting out. Okay. They came for the audition the same day I auditioned. Only thing I wish I had a camera was the document. But young kid, whatever. We, can't even, we could just barely make. But you didn't have an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> just barely. Just could just barely afford a bus fare to get to that studio. Right. But it was quite an experience. That's all I can say. I mean, did you? Did you know immediately that there was something very special about him? Not r right there, but as you go along, yeah. that song simmer down. You start to feel it. And then I, I guess you were in Canada by the time he really hit. Yeah, I was here, and when he embarked on his fir first world tour, his first stop was Massey Hall. Oh, really? So I got to see him. Wow. Yeah. Tell me about that. Tell me what you came away with based on that experience. Oh, my goodness. As soon as the show was over, I w went to the record store, Sam the Record Man. I bought all his albums. <laughs> but the thing he did that was interesting, all the lyrics were printed there. Right. Then I started to get into it. It was very deep. Still deep. Still deep till this day. Because it's all about happiness. He didn't tell you to quit, how, how to be negative. It's how to be ja, Ja's child or God's child. Right. Yeah, truth. Truth. Reality. Which is also connected to your new song. Ja Children. Which is Juno nominated. No matter how the situation looks or how bad it may be, some good will come out of it. Some good. There's hope. You may feel like you're at the end of the road. No, faith. A faith in all the situation. Did you ever feel like you were at the end of the rope? Like, hmm? Was it ever difficult for you? For? Just in life, did you, did you ever feel that you were at the end of your rope? No, but life is a journey, man. Mm -hmm. Life is a journey. You will have, we will have challenges. You have bumpy, winding roads, rocky roads, but we must continue to our destination. And... Who said it's all easy? You have good, bad, hot, cold, high, low. So what do we do? We try to create a balance. Because mm -hmm. they go, the teacher. Them. You mean I want everything so perfect, so good every day? After a while, I think I'd be bored. <laughs> it's not easy. No, no. Some people might think this guy is crazy, but it's reality. Yeah, for sure. You know? And I try not to deal with it in 
deal with everything in the physical, you know, because that too can be temporary, you know, can be temporary. Was that your musical philosophy throughout your whole career with the Cougars, with your solo stuff? If it was... Your musical philosophy to be positive. Most of the time, but not all of it because... I've worked with some musicians, man. (laughs) Always negative, man. You know, negative. But then again, I had the pleasure of working with some very good stand-up comics. (laughs) Jim Carrey. Oh, really? We're very good friends. You wouldn't believe it, because the day he left here, we have never been. But we were very, I used to drive him around Toronto to gigs, steakhouses, Greek steakhouses. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. And he taught me how to laugh more. Because I used to go out and bring him and Wayne Fleming, another stand-up comic, on stage. So working with them, I learned how to deal with the audience. Because they have a very hard job trying to convince people that they should laugh. Yeah. Whoa. So that was really good for me. But he was always funny. Mm -hmm. You go to restaurants, man. They write materials all the time. Sometimes when he and Wayne Fleming are writing materials, I'm the audience. They tried out the new material on me. Two, three, four o'clock in the morning, they were writing new materials until Jim Carrey, he got a gig with uh, Rodney Dangerfield and Andy Williams. I actually saw that tour when he played at Massey Hall Mm. opening up for Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Yeah. And then... He told, I never forget, we went for dinner out in um, Don Mills when he came back from that tour. He told me all about it. And then he says, Jake, whoever make it first to Hollywood, buy a dinner. <laughs> he still owes me a dinner. <laughs> we'll pay for the dinner. He's he done still, very well. Nice guy. Mm-hmm. Very, very deep. You have not seen the depth of that man's talent. I've seen a lot. Yeah, and, and a great painter as well. Yes. An amazing mind. Yeah. Not a great Canadian. <laughs> how, how did the Cougars end up? How, how did it end? Well, some of the guys who played in the band, they were putting a limit on them. If I don't make it in the next two, three years, man, I'm not going to stay with this. And some of them didn't want to continue because they couldn't cope with the challenges and they were looking for the big. So some, most of them got married, raised a family, but the kids growing up and wedding, the marriage split. Right. And some of them want to come back into the music, but the music grows, man. Just to get your confidence back alone, you know? So can I ask you, when, when this was happening and the band, the band members are saying, if we don't make it. Not all of them, but some of them. But some of them had this mm. goal or this thing that they were trying to go after. Mm. What was it that you were going after? By what my mom and my, the teaching I had and the spirit that guides me. The spirit. I, I wanted to see the world. I wanted to meet people. And I just wanted to sing. And 
I did not put any limit and I have to make it by such a time because and I'm glad I didn't because music treats you like oh you're treated man mm -hmm. you know and and I'm still doing it I'm blessed and I wouldn't want you to take the music away from me now right I mean I could adjust but thank God man heaven <laughs> singing first thing in the morning here I am sitting talking to you about music it's the only international language of joy the health institu institutions are using it out. therapy come on so it was never about really making it or making it being the only thing that you were going after. It was about just doing it. Not the money. <laughs> <laughs> but what's happening now? It's sweeter than money. Look how many young talents I've shared it with. Mm -hmm. And they're doing, a lot of them are doing well. There are at least three artists now who has their doctorate. Jason Wilson, played with me. Gord Sheard played with me. King Zietian, he's going for his doctorate. A lot of players that I've worked with over the years. And I have a young man, Chris Butcher, who was playing here with a heavyweight brass band. He's now living in New Orleans, got his own studio, working with the New Orleans Jazz Orchestra. He studied with one of the Marcellus brothers. Right. You know, they're all over. Spreading the message of love. So when the band ended, what did you hope to do then? Did you just thought, okay, I'm going to continue and I'm going to be a solo artist? Or how did you view that? I um, decided for a change. And a gentleman who was a booking agent, Rick Sands, here in Toronto, he said, I've been watching you and your band, the Cougars, and... I have some interest, but I only have interest in you as because you have a lot of potential. And he showed me a lot of things that made sense, and that was when I decided to go solo. Wow. Yeah. And was that difficult? Going solo? Yeah. Not really. Not really. I missed the guys, but there was some very... He was a very good agent. He put me in some very good venues, you know, and showed me a lot of good things about the business. But it's a difficult, it's a transition yeah. to be a band member and then become the headliner over there. Yeah, because so he artists. taught me, he said, it's time for you to move on now so people can know who you are. They know you as the Cougars, but they don't know who you are individually. So that was very good advice. Mm. Mm -hmm. What would have been the hardest thing, or what would have been the biggest transition to becoming a solo artist for you? What would be? Yeah, what would have been? Um, you know. how, how to be very accountable on stage to, to my audience. Oh, Lord. Those days, for you to get an applause, you have to earn it. <laughs> no kidding. Work. Right. And musically, what were you doing initially as a solo artist? What kind of music? Yeah. Ska, rock steady, reggae, soul R&B, blues. Because everything just about because those days agents were the guys who give you the work and if you blow a contract for an agent they won't touch you for the rest of the year right yeah those were the days it's different today and then through that you did travel around the world 
Thank God for that. Right? Like yeah. you, you, you played in Hong Kong. Hong Kong. China. Mainland. You also did the cruise ship thing, did you not? It's part of the journey. <laughs> Tell me about that. Cruise ship, oh my God. What the, you want to get a good sleep at night? Cruise ships. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Good. But it's a lot of work. Right? Like you're not, you're just, you're doing shows after shows, after week after week. Yeah, after. What, for me, I would do uh, the most, some nights two shows, some nights one, because I was an headliner. Oh, okay. And, um, but for me, the greatest reward I had is that even though I was a headliner or a star on a cruise ship, I would go to the cruise director and say, I'd like to volunteer my service to work with the, pa- the passengers when they go on an excursion and land. And he says, really, you want to? You want to get up there? I say, yes. So my job was an assistant tour guide. I would, my job was to make sure that the same among the passengers that went on that bus, let's say 50 came off the ship to go on an uh, uh, excursion. Right. My duty is to make sure the same amount, same people went on, same amount come back. And I volunteer my service, and that's how I got to see all these countries, what they're all about, rather than staying on the ship with the rest of the musicians. I didn't do that. I was out there after a show or two last night. That's how I get to know the country. And it's amazing. Amazing. Tell me about your time in Hong Kong. Oh! <laughs> the food! Yeah, the food. Oh, man. And the nightlife. Rick's Cafe. Two, three bands a night, right back till seven in the morning. All night partying. <laughs> and I'd go up and jam, shopping. Great. It just hurts to see what's happening there now. I know. Great, great. I found, I'm a vinyl collector. Records, I found some of the most beautiful jazz, blues. I found so many that I had to ship them home <laughs> in Hong Kong. But what was so nice, I went anywhere in Hong Kong, in the streets, stores, and never one day someone said, hey, what are you doing here? It's one of the trading capital of the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Great. How long were you there for? I would go there and stay there uh, two months at a time. Wow. Can you imagine New Year's Eve and Christmas in Hong Kong? <laughs> Are you kidding? Oh, man. Uh, taking the ferry across the South China Sea. The Star Ferry. Oh, man. Beautiful. Then we would take I would go up to Macau mm-hmm. and the hydrophile. Yeah, yeah. Oh, looking over it. <laughs> you know, they have a bridge now. You can drive to Macau from Hong Kong. No. Yeah. It's crazy. A b- drive a car? Yeah. <laughs> yes. You got to look it up, but it's, it's, it's a, there's a route that you can take. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. It is. It's like I, when I heard about it, I think it opened like a year or two ago, and I just thought, that's... Because it seemed like a long journey it to Macau, is. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like an hour or something on the hydrofoil? Right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Did you play in Macau as well? No, gamble. 
And when I lost, I would just go outside and look right over into mainland. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's all different too, right? Because it's, yeah, I remember when I went, it was like you could see the division between Macau, which is a Portuguese colony. That's and, right. And, and mainland China. And then you would see the soldiers lined up. I'd stand there and look, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's such a tiny place. Yes. Yes. But it's like the Las Vegas of Asia now or something I, like that. I can't believe it. Portuguese colony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. What, what did that teach you? To travel and play in places like Hong Kong and China. It teaches me how important knowledge is. Knowledge is power when it's used effectively. My mom told me that many years ago, and I proved. Because mm-hmm. when I got called to go to Hong Kong, I was a little concerned. It was a long flight. Yeah. And it was a long commitment, right? That's right. And some of the guys here were artists, too. They said, you mean you're going to go that far? You crazy? I told my mom, and she says, go. Go. If you don't go, you won't know. Put the good Lord first and go. And she was so right. So right. People came from all over the world for trade. You know? Then I go to the mainland. Oh, my goodness gracious. What year would this have been? I would say around 1995, 94. And what was, what was China like in 94? Well, you know, I, a, a friend of mine and myself, we hired a taxi driver to take us to the Great Wall of China. Right. Yeah. And he, he drove us, sat there, and he waited for us. And when we, he took us back to the, the hotel where we stayed, Great Wall. How, how far of a drive was this? About, I would say about 20 minutes, 20 minutes. When he took us there and back, I offered him a tip. Oh, no, he wouldn't. It was like I insulted him. He didn't take the tip. And we felt we apologized. But we decided to invite him to dinner the same evening. He said yes, and he came back to have dinner with us. Hmm. I don't think you would see that there. I don't know. (laughs) But no tip. Wow. Yeah. That was amazing. But he came back and and he had dinner with us. Which is even a better tip. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And he didn't speak much English either. Wow. Nice gentleman. Very nice. Very disciplined. Mm. And I'm so blessed to be exposed. Did you ever question doing what you do? Did you ever think, oh, maybe I should have done something else? No, not now. Not at this stage, man. No, no but I mean, in Years gone by, yeah. Yeah. But... Some of the conditions weren't the the best in the early years, like yeah, the hotel rooms that we would get. Those days, you played from Monday to Saturday night, right? Six nights a week, and some of the when we go to the town, some of the hotel owners they didn't really want to give up the rooms, and they would give us not very good rooms, the bedding, and 
So there and then, he says, well, but when you perform and sing the music, it takes away from that mm-hmm. little negative path. But now I look back, man, it's it's a journey and that's what the creator has designed, you know? And, and as I said, my mom, she says, no matter how bad the situation, some good will come. A little good will come out of it. Right. And it's true. Well, it's been more than a little good, I would imagine. Like you've had quite a significant career. Mm-hmm. Are you are you as good a singer, if not better, than you've ever been? That's what they're telling me now. How do you feel about that? I appreciate it, and I thank those of who are telling me, but please remember, I'm a channel, I'm a messenger of peace and love. You know, I treat the music very reverent, mm-hmm. with love. I don't put any ego in this work. In this business, there are a lot of politics, right. a lot of ego. And it troubles me, but I can go one away and bless the situation. Now, I'm not making it sound like I'm some perfect dude here, <laughs> but I know, and I'm not saying my way is the only way. Right. And the way. It's only that's a little different. If you, but I, I wonder, like, is this the way you have always been? Like, No. Did you have an ego? Like, did you have a bigger ego when you were younger or not? Not a bigger ego, but I was a little more hot-headed. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm out there a little more. And wh- why do you think that is? Well, I'm a Virgo. <laughs> and I'm into astrological sign, water and moon. Mm-hmm. Virgos, most art entertainers are Virgo. Michael Jackson, Beyonce, Barry White, Sophia Lauren, most of us. Right. And we tend to be a, want to be a perfectionist. Which is a good thing, I think. Yeah, and sometimes when it, it's not happening, you get a little... But that was in the younger days. Now I'm older, I am more prepared to deal, and I expect, and, you know... So what do you think? Is it just age that changed you, or... What yeah, you, mellow yeah. wine. Mellow wine. And um, it's just knowledge, you know? Educate the mind, and, you know... But there are challenges every day. But it's how equipped I am to cope... Right. Yeah. And you're still having fun. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm having fun right now because you're a good interviewer. <laughs> I'm having fun. Oh, oh wow. yeah. I mean, I think, it's, I think it's, I don't know if it's part of aging, but I think life gets a little easier at times when, when, when you reach a certain point mm-hmm. and you're not as worried about things. No. And you're not as concerned about little things and... And then there's gratitude. And dealing with things in the physical all the time. Yeah. You know, just sit back sometime, take a deep breath. You know, for example, I love the music, but it's not that I'm singing all the time. I love to, I'm into plants, animals. Like gardening? Gardens in the summertime. Vegetable garden, you know, and close with nature put my hands in the soil because everything comes from the land. I know some of it is messed up, contaminated, and right. I have no control over that. But respect the land. Respect the universe. Respect nature, the tree. We're so blessed to live in a country with so much forestry. Toronto. Mm-hmm. Look at Toronto with all the trees. How we... We're so blessed. 
you know, and we must stay connected to the animals, the plants, <laughs> you know, let there be peace, but let it begins with me first. You, you know, it's so... Do you, do you get back to Jamaica that much? As often as I can, because sometimes I have to go back and do shows there. Right. And what is that like for you? Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Not because I was born there. It's a pretty country. Mm-hmm. Pretty. And everything you need to stay healthy grows in Jamaica. <laughs> and then you got the mineral bath, the beach, the forestry, the food. The mango trees. Oh, a lot of happy people. It doesn't take much for them to be happy. <laughs> Dancing, singing, telling jokes. But they have their challenges too. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah. They do. What's a beautiful country. Well. Beautiful. I know you have a really busy schedule. Yes. I really appreciate you taking this time. It's such an honor to meet you. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, I want to end off by asking you, what has music given you? It has given me truth, love, inspiration, and it gives me that desire to continue working, not just for me, but for the brothers and sisters and their grandchildren, the children, the kids. These kids today are so brilliant. Right. Mm-hmm. They're very independent. From the moment they're born, they think they can do everything. Right. You know, but we need to listen to them more and hug them a lot more. Tell them we love them and try to teach them well. Not in just one capacity. Anyway. Hug those, hug them. Let them know we love them. Give them a good foundation. And this is a great country to start with that. Well, God bless Canada. Thank you so much for And Jamaica this. and the Caribbean. <laughs> and the rest of the world. <laughs> Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you so much. It was so a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.